0: I'm Stories with Nancy Grace. Three teens, including brothers, behind bars right now for homicide. Now, typically when I read a headline that says teens, boys too, teen males behind bars for murder, for homicide, I think, oh junior predators, baby killers. They're gonna even be worse when they grow up. But believe it or not, these three teens have signatures demanding they be released from jail. Now, have you ever heard me say, I want a killer released from behind bars? Because I don't think I have ever said that. Before you judge me, I want you to hear the whole story. Why are three teen boys behind bars for homicide? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. First of all, take a listen to our cut one, our friends at KRGV Channel
1: 5. The homicide investigation underway in FAR. That's video from the scene in McAllen yesterday. FAR police say the body of 42-year-old Gabriel Quintanilla was dumped there after he was killed. 18-year-old Alejandro Trevino already in custody in connection with Quintanilla's death charges against him pending. Police now looking for 17 year old Christian Santos. They're also looking for a third guy believed to be driving a red Dodge Charger. We're told the investigation stems from a family situation. If you know where to find Santos or have any other information related to this case, contact our Crime Stoppers at 787-8477.
0: With me, an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now. First of all, Catherine Marsh, special victims liaison, state attorney's office, joining us. You can find her at rightresponseconsulting.com. Karen Stark, renowned psychologist, joining us out of Manhattan at karenstart.com, starting with a C. Greg Sheffer, former Phoenix Police Department detective, 22 years And specializing Dr. Kendall Crowns with us, the chief medical examiner, Tarrant County, that's Fort Worth, Texas, lecturer, University of Texas and Texas A&M, also faculty, University of Texas, medical. And first, let's go to Mark Reagan, staff reporter, the monitor that's in the Rio Grande Valley. You can find him at MyRGV.com. Mark, thank you so much for being with us. I want to start, first of all, with the discovery of 42-year-old Gabriel Quintanilla. Tell me, where was his body found and in what condition?
1: Mr. Quintanilla's body was found um, by a farmer in a in kind of a small agricultural area on the on the southern part of McAllen which wait, is right are
0: you saying McAllen
1: McAllen Okay.
0: M-C- McAllen a- yes L-L-L-C-N. go ahead because yes. I have far uh,
1: Texas right so McAllen and far are right next to each other we're mm-hmm. the seventh largest county in heat in, in the state of Texas and Whoa.
0: Um, hold on wait a minute wait 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 mark Texas yes is like its own country God bless Texas Who doesn't love Texas? Nobody that I know. So if you're telling me McAllen and Farr are the two biggest counties in Texas, that must be pretty big. Tell me. Tell me about it.
1: We've got about a million people here, lots of international commerce. um, And then we also are kind of surrounded by rural areas. And and those rural areas are kind of on the edges to the south and to the north. And it's one of these rural areas that... um, they found Keaton in his body.
0: Uh, hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to get back to McAllen and Farr. Okay. When you say there's a lot of international commerce, what do you mean by that exactly?
1: Chances are if you eat tomatoes, they go through Far. Really? Produce, yes, um, car parts, um, stuff of that nature.
0: Can you keep talking? Because I don't know any of this. I mean, I know how to try <laughs> a murder case. I know how to talk about... Uh, Trajectory of bullets and bleeding out, and the law and felony murder. I know how to wrap crime scene tape around a house, but I don't know anything about what you're saying. So, this dead body is found out in a rural area. You said McAllen County. Is that what you said?
1: No, McAllen is a city. The county is Hidalgo County.
0: Okay, I'm going to go with the city of McAllen. Okay, city of McAllen yes. and in a rural area, correct?
1: Right, right. And so so the case first originated with that police department.
0: Mark Reagan with me from the Monitor uh, in Rio Grande Valley. Mark, that is a huge area there in Texas. Um, huge rural area. And Like you just schooled me, if you eat a tomato, it probably came through uh, McAllen. Where exactly in this huge rural area was Gabriel Quintilla's body found?
1: On a small little plot of farmland south of the city of McAllen.
0: A small plot of farmland south of McAllen. Was he buried? No. He was just laying there in front of God and everybody.
1: Just just laying there in, in in some tall grass.
0: Laying in tall grass. I'm just curious... Did they look for drag marks? Had he been dragged there, dumped there? Were there car or tire tracks in tall grass? I mean, you know what you're making me think of. uh, Everybody, we all went through the Carina Vitrano murder case, the Long Island Jogger case together. And in the journey, oh, I hate using that word, but in the journey of finding her killer, finding her body started with her dad, Phil Vetrano, out looking for his daughter who went jogging without him. He was supposed to go that day. And he saw one he's praying to God to find his daughter. He saw one blade of tall grass bent over. And he was told to go that way. He went that way, he saw another blade and another blade, and he followed it, and he found his daughter's body. Mark, Reagan, were there drag marks?
1: Do we know? I don't know if there are drag marks, but there were definitely tire marks.
0: Ah, well, there you go. You trumped me. You big-footed me. So... There were tire marks, which tells me, oh, so much. With me, Greg Sheffer, former Phoenix Police Department detective, 22 years. Greg, obviously, that means the scene was staged. He was not killed there. He was taken there, and his body was dumped there. Why? Why do you believe that, if you do believe that?
2: Uh, It does look like they dumped the body, or whoever dumped the body, and... uh Obviously do that to try to hide the crime or hide the body, take it to a different location, and hopefully give them time to either get away or Mm -hmm. to hide the body for a period of time. You know, I'm also
0: very curious, uh, Catherine Marsh. They didn't bother to bury the body if they wanted it hidden, but they dumped it. What does that tell you about the killer? They were probably inexperienced and
3: didn't have a lot of prior time of destroying evidence or anything like that it could also show that it may have been pretty spontaneous or pretty quick because it was just a dump
0: you know karen stark the staging of a scene the hiding of a body you and i've talked many many times all the way back to court tv and would set you and I would sit on a dark set talking about the trial as it unfolded in front of us. Staging the scene means something very significant and staging could be as simple as moving the body. It could be as simple as putting a blanket over the face. Uh, you and I've talked about a case where um, a mother was found naked in her bedroom and the killer had put in a, had put a, wicker trash basket over the mom's head. I mean, we see all sorts of staging. Staging to make a murder look like a suicide. But what does staging tell you about the identity of the
4: killer, Karen Stark? Well, it tells you how the killer feels about the victim. You know, for instance, the examples you were giving, Nancy, when someone's face is being covered, then then you assume that there was concern about them um being taken care of to some extent as absurd as that may sound and when i think about this particular example there is no staging they just dump him and leave him and that tells me that they could care less that here's a person that they disregard feel like he's trash let him just be there and they're fine with that angry You're
0: saying that very often scenes are staged because the killer cares about the victim. In this case, I don't think they cared about the victim at all. They dumped him out in a rural area, hoping nobody would ever find
4: his body. What do you make of that? Mm -hmm. I agree, that's exactly what I'm saying. The fact that they just dumped him and made no attempt to cover him up or even to hide their crime tells me that they were enraged, furious.
0: Spring Breakers, and parents beware. The disappearance of honor student Natalie Holloway is a warning. We head to Aruba with Natalie's mom. What can we learn?
1: Nancy Grace's shocking new investigation. Streaming now only on Fox Nation. Sign up today.
0: Crime Stories with Nancy Grace to Mark Reagan joining us from the Monitor there in the Rio Grande Valley. You can find him at Monitor News. Hey, Mark, could you tell me about the COD cause of death?
1: The cause of death is blunt force trauma.
0: Mm. Okay, that takes some doing, Dr. Kendall Crowns. It's not always like you see in the movies, one whop to the back of the head and the person kills over dead. Very often you find the victim of blunt force trauma death beaten from head to toe explain what it takes to kill somebody with blunt force trauma as in this case
5: well so when you're using blunt force trauma and just using your fists and not a, a bat or a board or something like that you, you have to hit the individual numerous times to uh, try and cause enough damage to kill them now sometimes you can punch them in the in the face and they fall back and they break their skull on the sidewalk But if that doesn't happen, you just have to continually hit them until you're causing enough injury internally, generally in the neck or the skull region, that it causes uh, injury to the brain or vital structures in the neck uh, until they die. Also, you can hit an individual in the abdomen as well and cause a rupture of the liver and intestines. But again, that takes a fair amount of force and uh, a lot of repetitive hitting.
0: So, Mark Reagan, what do police do when they find Gabriel... there on this isolated farm. And you said it was a small family farm plot. To whom did the plot belong, or do we know that yet?
1: Oh, we don't know. We don't know who it belonged to. Um, These these little splatches of farmland are pretty, pretty common in the area.
0: So, Mark Reagan, did anyone live on the plot? Was there a home there? No. No, nobody lived there. Nobody lived there. What about... Any video surveillance, I guess in that area, very rural area, the closest thing you'd have to any video surveillance is going to be maybe, maybe, and probably not a red a red light cam.
1: Um, well, actually, you'd be surprised. It, it is rural, but it's right up next to an urban area as you get down close to the border. And, and being the nature of the border, um, there are cameras everywhere. Um, but they were able to obtain that video surveillance.
0: Why are three teens behind bars for the homicide of this man, 42-year-old Gabriel Quintanilla? Take a listen now to FAR Police Chief Andy Harvey.
6: A uh, second part of this that I want to make sure it's clear is that uh, and there were some questions about why is it a, a capital murder versus just a murder. And it's a capital murder because uh, Quintanilla was kidnapped, right, when they, he was taken and, um, in the back of the F-150 and dropped off somewhere else. So he was kidnapped. And then at the scene where they dropped him off, uh, the, um, the, uh, the Trevinos, they um, got some property. They, they removed some property or stole some property from Quintanilla. So that makes it a capital murder. So
0: I understand what they're saying to you, Catherine Marsh, is that it is a capital murder because it was what? In conjunction with another felony such as kidnap or robbery that's right so in texas you can have a capital murder
3: crime when you have an intentional killing that goes along with either a kidnapping or a robbery and as we heard from the police chief he's saying we've got the elements here of a kidnapping taking him from one location to the other
0: the field where he was found and then also some of his personal property was removed mark reagan i'm very curious what is the property that was stolen? Because that makes it sound like the three, the two brothers and the friend, were after the alleged victim, Gabriel Quintanilla, to rob him.
1: The, the item, the piece of property that was stolen was actually very personal. It was a watch, I believe it was a gold watch, that Christian gave his stepfather for a birthday or a Christmas And the last thing Christian does after dumping his stepdad in the field is he takes that watch back. And that's the piece of property that was stolen.
4: What does that tell you, Karen Stark? So symbolic, Nancy. I mean, if you think about what we're we're talking about with them just dumping the body, he's saying, absolutely made a mistake in giving you this watch. You don't deserve anything. And I'm taking it back. You know what else it tells
0: me, Karen Stark? It tells me that at some point, this teen boy who's now just turned 17 cared about the stepfather Gabriel Quintanilla enough for a young boy who doesn't have much to get the money to buy the stepfather a gold watch and then I mean when you have a breakup or something like that Karen Stark and you want I want my stuff back you want your stuff back because it means something because you were, let's just say, in love and you feel betrayed and you want your stuff back. That, to me, I can just see this teen boy taking that gold watch that he had given his stepfather back after he had beat him so badly because at one time he cared for the stepfather.
4: That's That's the picture that is so clear, Nancy, that betrayal is the word you use that comes to mind that he loved him and cared about him and got a gold not just a regular watch but a gold watch and was so hurt betrayed angry that he grabbed that back he made sure after killing him he took the time to take that watch we're
0: finding out more about how the murder unfolded take a listen to Far Police Chief Andy Harvey cut 10.
6: They found him on Veterans Road walking, and so a third assault happened. So this continues, and it's the third time that they meet. Well, uh, what we learn now is that during the second assault, I believe, um, Christian had some brass knuckles, and so brass knuckles were using these assaults. So they continued to um, assault Quintanilla, and they, this time they severely beat him to the point where he's either unconscious or or close to it. They then decide to pick him up, kidnap him, put him in back of the F-150 in the bed and drive off to somewhere in South McAllen. He was dropped off somewhere in the Wayland-McCall area. That's where the the McAllen Police Department was called and that's where they found him later that day. Uh, We understand that he was unconscious but breathing at the time but nonetheless, Quintanilla died there at the, uh, in the open field.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't seen a lot of people crying over this murder. Think about it. A murder with the use of brass knuckles. To Dr. Kendall Crown's chief medical examiner, joining us out of Tarrant County, that's Fort Worth, explain what brass knuckles do and why that's different from punching somebody with your fist.
5: So what brass knuckles are is they go over your fingers and they are standardly metal. They can be shaped in a way that they can have edges or or even uh, points on them. Uh, And what they make your punching more efficient. So they cause more uh, tissue damage with each punch because the metal uh, can cause more damage. And then again, if they're shaped, it can also cause tearing or punctures or things like that. Uh, So, brass knuckles make your punches better or harder.
0: Dr. Kendall Crown, spoken like a true MD, a medical doctor, a medical examiner. Greg Sheffer, break it down for me. What do brass knuckles do?
2: Uh, They cause great damage. It's going to increase your damage. You punch somebody in the face with brass knuckles, it's going to be lights out. And if you hit them multiple times, you could crush a skull, cause hemorrhaging to the brain, and also it protects the hand. It doesn't cause the person using them, they don't worry about breaking their knuckles when they're breaking the face. It's devastating.
0: It's devastating to whoever is taking those punches. So why, again? People want these three out from behind bars? Take a listen to our cut to Karina Vargas, CBS4
7: three teens were charged today for the murder of a 43-year-old man We first brought you this story Thursday when far police were searching for suspects after the death of Gabriel Quintanilla and then on Friday investigators linked three teens. You can see on your screen on the left is 17 year old Christian Trevino in the center 18 year old Alejandro Trevino and on the right is 19 year old Juan Eduardo Melendez. Quintanilla was found in a McAllen field and police say that several fights broke out at different locations after Quintanilla was accused of touching his nine year old daughter who was also the half sibling to th- the Trevino brothers, Quintanilla was left in a field severely beaten.
2: The investigation revealed that the, uh, the, the victim was uh, hurt, beaten with a brass knuckles and, and suffered uh, severe head trauma at that point. Although the victim was severely beaten, the victim may have still have been alive when he was there and McAllen. We don't know for how long.
7: A bond has been set at $500,000 for all suspects.
0: stories with nancy grace straight out to mark reagan joining us from the monitor so bottom line these three teens two of them brothers were convinced the stepfather gabriel quintania had been molesting the nine year old little sister
1: is that right oh yeah that's right the the on that day, the child had made an outcry to the mother and, and, the, and, the, and the boys found out about
0: it. Mm-hmm. But that's just part of the story. Take a listen to our cut six again for police chief, Andy
6: Harvey. This warrant was for a separate offense, not the nine-year-old. We were not aware, and we were not aware of any history.
0: Mark Reagan, another child molestation victim. There's a warrant for a separate offense. Offense? What?
1: That's that's correct, and we, we know very little about the details of that warrant. Well, what, do you know what the warrant was for? Yes, continuous sexual abuse of a child.
0: And not this like, nine-year-old little girl? A different little girl? Not this nine-year-old girl. Can I just ask, theoretically, what was he doing out and in the home with a nine-year-old little girl? Why was he there? Uh, shouldn't that be have been a condition for if you got a warrant for you? I mean, why was he allowed to be in the home with a nine-year-old girl? And it's really hard for me to understand why the girl's mother would let him in the home unless she didn't know about it. Those are just a few questions running through my mind. Let's take a listen to Cut 6 again. The police chief, Andy Harvey. Start from the top, please.
6: This warrant was for a separate offense, not the nine-year-old. We were not aware and we were not aware of any history between Quintanilla and his nine-year-old girl, uh, which allegedly happened on Wednesday night. So we just don't know, uh, have enough information about that because that's still an ongoing investigation. So those are two separate incidents. Uh, We had not heard from Quintanilla. Obviously he's been running from us and we didn't know of him until he was found deceased in McAllen. An ongoing
0: investigation. In other words, this guy's walking free after he's accused of molesting one little girl. He's walking free because of an ongoing investigation. They don't even know where he is. Take a listen to our cut number four, KRGV's Monica Danda.
8: That warrant for Gabriel Quintanilla for continuous sexual abuse of a child was from another incident and that involved another minor, not the minor currently involved in this case. We're also learning tonight the mother of the Trevino brothers may face charges.
6: The detectives went out to look for Quintanilla at that time and were unable to find him. They searched, they went to his last known residence, they went to his mother's residence multiple times.
8: FAR police first learned about Gayro Quintanilla in 2019 when a minor claimed Quintanilla sexually assaulted her between 2014 and 2016.
6: Uh, he was being elusive obviously and, and uh, hiding from us.
8: Chief Harvey telling us Quintanilla's name was then entered in a national database and he'd been on the run ever since. So
0: the ongoing three years of child Station alleged, going back to 2016, There was a a warrant taken out in 2019. Now, you know what? Uh, Straight back out to you, Mark Reagan. I'm just a JD, a juris doctorate. I'm not good at math, but let's see, 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022. There's been an ongoing investigation for four years on molestation that started back in 2016. Are my numbers correct, Mark?
1: Um, your numbers are correct, but from 2019 to 22, it's been um, Find the Fugitive, you know.
0: Find the Fugitive. Well, did he live there? Did he live in either McAllen or Farr?
1: Um, from what I understand, he lived in Farr.
0: And what's the population
1: of Farr, Texas? Uh, you know, it, it's best just to lump the whole area, and it's about, it's about a million people grows into each other.
0: This guy's living right under their noses and they couldn't find him. So he's out walking free so he can molest another little girl that we know of. I mean, Karen Stark, uh, my, our friendly shrink from Manhattan. Karen Stark, how many times have we talked about the fact that once somebody's caught molesting... It's like DUI. Once you catch a DUI... They have already driven drunk, I forgot how many, 100x times they've already driven drunk. Same thing with child molestation. Once you catch one, they've already molested, what, 70 times and they've never been caught? Is that the right number?
4: Um, I would say so, Nancy. They've, they have been doing this for many, many years. They can't stop them. I'm so mad right now I could
0: chew a nail in half. Karen Stark, when children are right. molested, they, they go on from the outside looking in. It seems like they're having a normal life. They're not. What are some of the side effects of child molestation on the
4: victim? It influences everything, Nancy. They're not able to perform well in school sometimes. It's trauma. So they can't sleep at night. They relive the incident they don't feel comfortable around adults or people in general sometimes they develop a lot of phobias it's a terrible terrible thing as you know to do that to a child their life is never the same
0: that feeling of helplessness to Greg Sheffer former Phoenix PD detective 22 years specializing in child sex exploitation and crimes against children. Jump in, Greg. This is not a tea party over at High Grove. all right? We're talking about a child molester that has now been murdered. The sons had to take the law into their own
2: hands. Well, when, when I heard about it, it... It sounds like they walked that warrant through, so I don't think he was ever in custody for that prior case. Uh, okay. Whoa,
0: whoa, 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 Explain what you just said, walk it through.
2: Well, it sounds like they never arrested him for that prior case, but they wanted to, and then he was in the wind, and so they walked that warrant through, which means they went through either a grand jury to get an indictment so they could get a warrant to issue it and put it in the system so they could try to pick him up. So I don't know the the details of that prior case but obviously it was extensive it was a two-year crime of continuous sexual abuse and obviously if he lived in that town his family knew about that as well so that that was not a secret crime i'm sure mom knew about it and anybody associated with knew about that and um but then when he did the the repeat and he actually harmed someone closer to home, I think that's what enraged the brothers and, and caused
0: Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here, Catherine Mars, just based on what we know right now. If there had been ongoing sex molestation in the last case where he was walking free, um, that tells me, ongoing, a couple of years at least of molesting a little girl, he had access to her, like a parent, a stepfather, an uncle, a piano teacher, something like that, where he had access to a child alone. Now, doesn't that sound a lot like a similar transaction to you? Because here, you got a nine-year-old girl allegedly being molested by Gabriel Quintanilla. Same thing. Absolutely. Second verse, same as the first. How long, how loudly do we have to sing?
3: This is a man who has been in a position of trust and care for at least two young people that we know he abused that trust and sexually molested them. And what we know is there was enough evidence for the first incident that the court or a commissioner found probable cause for that crime and issued a warrant. And the real travesty is from 2019, that warrant was not served, and this
0: little nine-year-old girl was also molested. Uh, and I'd bet your bottom dollar other girls were molested as well. Guys, take a listen to our Cut 5 from KRGV.
8: Police have arrested three teens, including Quintanilla's stepsons Alejandro and Christian Trevino, and a third male, Juan Eduardo Melendez. According to police, they beat Quintanilla after hearing he had allegedly sexually abused another minor who is also a family member. Now two of the teens facing capital murder charges.
6: Capital murder because uh, Quintanilla was kidnapped, right, when they, he was taken in, um, in the back of the F-150 and dropped off somewhere else, so he was kidnapped. And then at the scene where they dropped him off, uh, the, um, the, uh, the Trevinos, they um, got some property, that they removed some property or stole some property from Quintanilla.
8: We also asked Chief Harvey if there's a possibility the boy's mother could face charges. Mark, why would the teen boy's
0: mother be arrested? What's the reasoning there?
1: If, if she knew that Quintanilla had this warrant and she didn't turn him in, that would be hindering apprehension or prosecution.
0: Wait a minute. The law would expect her to turn in her own husband? Yes. Okay, that's probably not going to happen. But what I'm more concerned about, Mark Reagan, and of course you're absolutely right, but what I'm more concerned about, if the mom knew about the alleged prior sex molestation that went on for allegedly years on another little girl, why would she have him around the nine-year-old daughter? And Mark Reagan also the nine-year-old alleged child molestation victim at the hands of now dead Gabriel Quintanilla, that's her daughter, right? That's correct. And her half-brothers or her step-brothers are Christian and Alejandro, correct? That's right. So from what I understand, the little girl admits that the dad, Gabriel Quintanilla, is molesting her, and the boys, go. they go look for him, and they find him, right? That's right. And they kill
1: him, right? That's right. They kill him. Um, I think one thing you could note, though, is is Alejandro only participated in the first meeting. Then Christian and his, his friend Juan go track him down the second time, then the third time.
0: Take a listen to our cut three, KRGV. The three teens on your
1: screen now arraigned for the murder of a man in McAllen. Far police say the trio severely beat 42-year-old Gabriel Quintanilla and dumped his body in a McAllen field. We first told you about this story on Thursday when police discovered the body. Officials tell us the incident started when a child alerted someone that Quintanilla had touched them inappropriately. After the teens confronted Quintanilla, a fight broke out and continued at several locations before he was dumped in McAllen. Police believe Quintanilla may have been alive when he was dropped off. Quintanilla was already wanted by police for ongoing abuse of a child. All three teens have been charged with aggravated assault and engaging in, in criminal activity. Christian Trevino and Juan Eduardo Melendez also charged with capital murder.
0: And a lot of questions are, we're finding answers to them. Now take a listen to our cut eight, the police chief again.
6: January 21st, our detectives met with Alejandro Um, the 18-year-old, and he talked about a fight that took place at 1201 East Moore uh, trailer, it's a trailer park, 140, involving Alejandro and Christian, his brother, and what they have, what they heard was to be an alleged um, touch by their stepdad, Quintanilla, with their sister, nine-year-old sister they learned that their stepdad had inappropriately touched her, his 9-year-old, which is their stepsister, uh, half-sister, which is also uh, important to note that the 9-year-old that was the victim, uh, this is her biological dad. Quintanilla is her biological father. It has a lot of different legs here, so I'm trying to keep everybody uh, kind of up-to-date here. So
0: here's a guy that's been charged with child molestation on a little girl before. I would wager somebody he's related to because he had access to the child to molest them over a period of years. Nobody stopped him. Get a warrant on him. It gets walked through. In other words, they, they get the warrant. He's charged, and then he's, as was said earlier, in the wind, on the loose. Cops don't do their job. They don't find him until... He turns up half dead out in a field because they didn't do their job. He's free to molest again. This little girl that we know of, how many others don't know? Now, I'm not suggesting police are responsible for the death, the homicide, but I am saying they dropped the ball and didn't put this guy behind bars. Of course, on the other hand, Mark Reagan, uh, you and I were talking off camera about jail crowding, and it was my belief that in Texas, they don't just let you out because the jail is crowded, but am I wrong?
1: No, they, they don't just let you out because the uh, jail is overcrowded. and um... Like they
0: do in New York City and City of Atlanta and many other big jurisdictions. They just, here... Give me your fingerprint. Boop. You you know in New York they were actually giving arrestees gift cards. Mark Reagan, you know that, right? In New York City, de Blasio was handing out gift cards to people after they got charged. I'm not aware of that. Yeah, well, now you are. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like you get a prize for getting arrested. Mark Reagan joining me from the Monitor at Rio Grande Valley. Mark, the fight, let me say... Went to multiple locations. D- tell me about
1: that. Um, sure. It was kind of, uh, they, they caught him outside the, the the initial apartment complex. They beat him. He ran away on foot. Um, they tracked him down. They beat him again. He was able to get away one more time. And they went and they found him a final time. And uh, he didn't get away that time.
0: What is the mother saying about all of this, Mark Reagan?
1: Right now, nothing publicly. Um, all they've been saying is we need... We need um, money to get a lawyer.
0: A lawyer for the three boys, the teens.
1: For the boys, that's right.
0: This is what we are learning about the way that the homicide unfolded. To take a listen to our Cut Nine, it's the Police Chief Andy Harvey again.
6: This is what happened. They found out about this. There was a fight that ensued there inside the trailer between the two brothers and their uh, stepdad. There was a fight. Stepdad Quintanilla leaves the trailer. He walks out, and shortly, right down the road, um, Christian, the, the older brother, leaves, catches up to Quintanilla, and there's a fight that ensues. Well, around the same time, Christian and Juan Melendez, the friend, catch up to them. They get involved in the fight, and so there's three against one. So the second assault happened right down the road on Moore few minutes later, they leave him there. He's beaten up, but he's still uh, conscious and walking. The three leave, drop off Alejandro back at the house. They go to Juan's house, pick up a different car. They picked up a white F-150, and they decide to go back and look for Quintanilla to see if they can find him again.
0: Well, it wouldn't be the first time that vigilante justice was carried out. Take a listen now to our Cut 18 from ABC.
4: A frantic father called 911 after finding a farmhand,
0: Jesus Flores, allegedly sexually assaulting his little girl. The Lavaca County District Attorney's Office released the dramatic call. Well,
1: that's 911 take emergency. Are you, are you an Okay, I this guy
0: was my daughter, and and to do. In that case, the defendant who attacked. His daughter's molester was let free. So explain to me right now, straight back out to our friend Mark Reagan from The Monitor in Rio Grande Valley, where does the case stand now? You've got at least a two-time sex offender on children, allegedly, walking free, and the brothers of the little girl find him and beat him, and he dies. They're the ones behind bars.
1: Where does the case stand right now, Mark? Well, right now, the uh, boys are going to get bond reduction. If
0: you want to help in any way or find out more, go to change.org. Justice for Alejandro, Christian, and Juan. Repeat, change.org. Justice for Alejandro, Christian, and Juan. If you know of someone that is being sex assaulted... Don't just stand by and do nothing. If you need help yourself, toll free 800-656-4673. Repeat 800-656-4673. Let justice be done.
4: Goodbye, friend.